when people come in posing to be representations of God, his preaching office, some sort of pastoral counselor or what have you, and they completely misinterpret God's word and then misapply God's word to people's lives, or perhaps ignore God's word altogether with a preference for something else, some other concoction of either their own mind or someone else's, and souls are destroyed. This is Preaching Christ. Preaching Christ is a radio collection of sermons from Lutheran pastors around the world who are dedicated to preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and Him crucified for the remission of sins. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in the Holy Spirit, who calls us to faith and sanctifies us by the gospel means of grace. Imagine going to the hospital for surgery where you are to have some reconstruction done on your left knee and when you wake up you find that they've operated on the right knee. What do you do with such a doctor and surgical team as that? Or perhaps you've gone to the dentist and the idea is simply to get rid of this one bad impacted wisdom tooth and you wake up from the happy time and you're missing a whole row of teeth. Then when you go down to the pharmacist, not Bob, but another pharmacist actually gives you something other than pain medication, like X-lax. These are not good results. We have to be careful who it is that we go to. Some of this can be terribly destructive, of course. The story of the knee precisely happened to my babysitter's boyfriend when I was a little kid. And, of course, there were lawyers and lawsuits. There are worse things that happen. We all know. Maybe we've even had stories in our own lives where death has occurred because of someone's negligence. There are family therapists who have a really bad idea about how things ought to be. They'll, they'll tell each family member, well, just do what feels right. And no one is served except the flesh, and families are destroyed. Well, obviously, there's a greater harm than all of that. And that is when people come in posing to be representations of God, His preaching office, some sort of pastoral counselor or what have you, and they completely misinterpret God's word and then misapply God's word to people's lives, or perhaps ignore God's word altogether with a preference for something else, some other concoction of either their own mind or someone else's, and souls are destroyed. People lose their faith in Christ. People who do not know how it is that such a thing could happen to them. Why? Because they did not heed the word of the Lord. They were not carefully watching for who it was that was tending to these needs. Sometimes we can be so struck by someone's appearance or speaking ability or their wealth which speaks to their success and we think, oh, this is a good and faithful pastor. 
So many times people get caught up in this sort of thing with the television preachers. But it's not just the television preachers. It can be a tiny congregation like ours where the people are not discerning what it is that God's Word says. And so their preacher goes on week after week, year after year, not proclaiming the truth of Christ, spiritually starving his people to death, even poisoning them with spiritual cyanide. How important it is for the pastors of the church and the hearers to be in the Word, studying the Word, rightly defining the terms that are given in the scriptural text, understanding the context, and applying them according to the Bible's own way of applying law and gospel. Paul, speaking to the elders, the, the pastoral staff, if you will, of those, of those pastors there in Ephesus, says to them, I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. I revealed to you what you needed to know. In fact, just a few verses earlier, he unpacks that a little bit. He says, you yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to the Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a summary of biblical doctrine there. Repentance and faith. It's what baptism shows. This drowning to the old man and being raised up in newness of life in Jesus Christ. Law, accusing you, condemning you, yes, even killing you. And gospel, pardoning you, giving you life in Jesus' name. That is what this is all about. There are many television shows and books that you could go to for all kinds of other topics. But here, here we are coming together to have the law do its work on us so that the gospel may refresh us and give us life. We come here to have our sins forgiven. That's why Jesus came. He's hanging on the cross that Good Friday afternoon, not so that we can have some kind of better this or better that, something to improve our temporal condition, those are all wonderful things as they happen, but they may not necessarily happen. It's wise sometimes to think about how much the lives of the apostles improved when they got to know Jesus. How much did they improve? Things were going fine, they had the fishing business or whatever, and then they meet Jesus. And the next thing you know, they're the object of ridicule and hatred, a persecution, eventually they'll all lose their heads or be crucified or be run through with a sword. And yet, they have a Savior whose sins are forgiven. They have eternal life beyond the grave. And so do you and I, thanks much to their ministrations, their preaching and their recording the Holy Spirit led them to do for you and for me. 
Yes? The proper distinction between the law and the gospel, that's the good medicine that goes on in this hospital, if you will, this church. We need to be killed over and over again according to our old man. We need to be given the medicine of immortality, the body and blood of Jesus, for our forgiveness and for our eternal life. So pay very careful attention then to yourselves, you preachers, and to all the flock. Pastors are to be overseers, people who look about at the flock that they've been given to care for and to see what is it that is needed there? What word? Is this person in a condition needing a word of law or gospel? It's very important that that is properly applied. We can say a bunch of true things, but said at the wrong time and in the wrong circumstances, it's just as deadly as though we'd picked up the Book of Mormon and preached from that. The Holy Spirit has made you to be such overseers. The pastoral office is an office of God. It's the office of Christ Jesus. It's not a man-made thing. It's not, well, somebody's got to do it, so, well, who seems to be able to read publicly? Oh, that's God's calling of a man, according to those particular things written in His Word. And the job is to be carried out faithfully. You are to care for the church of God, O pastors. It's the church of God, not your church, not the pastor's church, God's church. He is the one who obtained it with his own blood. The Son of God spilt his blood on the cross that we might be the ecclesia, the called out ones, the gathered together ones in Jesus' name, a people for God's own possession. St. John Chrysostom says, Take heed to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God that he obtained with his own blood. Do you see how Paul gives two orders here? Success with others alone does not bring any benefit. For I fear, he says, lest after preaching to others I myself should be disqualified. Equally, caring only for oneself brings no benefit. For such a one is selfish and seeks only his own good, like the man who has buried his own gold. He says this not because our own salvation is more precious than that of the flock, but because when we attend to ourselves, the flock also benefits. You want a pastor who spends a great deal of time studying the Word of God. You want a pastor who is in prayer. You remember when everything was busy in the early chapters of Acts and there was a problem with a proper distribution of goods to certain widows? The disciples were starting to get weighed down with, with waiting on tables, if you will. And so they set apart a separate institution, if you will, other people who would step up and help with these other things. And why? So that they could be about the Word of God, and prayer. Don't allow yourself 
to be stuck with some sort of administrative pastor who's always about the business of things and programs of this and activities that take him constantly away from the word and prayer. Make sure that your pastor is in the word and in prayer. Watch out for it. Check in on him. See if he'll be surprised when you come. Oh, what are you reading, pastor? Look into it. It's for your own good and his. Paul says, here's why. Here's all my concern for all of these things. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. There will be many foes from the outside who want to devour God's people, his little sheep, run them off into air, devour them for themselves, find ways perhaps to bring their offerings into their coffers. It is so critical that there be discernment in the pastoral office, but also for you hearers. Look out. Because as Jesus says, they're going to come in looking like sheep. But on the inside, they are ravenous wolves. And not just the outsiders, but Paul says, even from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Traitors. People who grew up in Missouri. People who went through our college system and then our seminary. They'll rise up speaking perverse things misleading people all in the name of the Lord Jeremiah warned us didn't he thus says the Lord of hosts do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you filling you with vain hopes they speak visions of their own minds not from the mouth of the Lord they say continually to those who despise the word of the Lord it shall be well with you and to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, they say, No disaster shall come upon you. For who among them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see and to hear his word? Or who has paid attention to his word and listened? I did not send the prophets, yet they ran. I did not speak to them, yet they prophesied. That last verse reminds me of some of the nonsense that's going on in our own synod this day where people who have not been rightly called into the pastoral office, indeed, are performing the duties of pastors. And this, while we have many pastors who don't have a call. You see, some of them aren't the right kind of pastor. They're not doing what our congregation wants them to do. You all know from your support of various ministerial associations and some of our mission societies, that we have great problems with pastors and congregations and district presidents. They're always trying to find these perfect fits. And all too often, it's not about the faithful administration of the sacraments and the pure preaching of the gospel. It ends up being something else. I don't like everything about the show, but every once in a while, it's enjoyable to watch House. 
Here's a guy with about the worst bedside manners you can possibly have, or so it seems. But you know what? He knows his stuff in this narrative. And oftentimes, he ends up producing the solution that saves a life. Don't make the number one thing that your pastor is a super nice guy. There are much more important things than that. The word preached purely. The sacraments administered according to Christ's administration. Everything else is just the flowering, isn't it? So be alert. There's all kinds of misguided shenanigans going on. All the wrong motivations. Paul was so concerned with this that he spent three years, night and day, with tears admonishing everyone. He wanted them to remember, to know, to have it solid. Peter said, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. We must be aware. I'm very concerned for some of you. I want you to receive this with love, please. But I'm very concerned that I've never seen some of you in Bible class. I'm very concerned that someone who will come along with some tasty morsel of false doctrine and you'll devour it up because you have not been hearing the word of the Lord faithfully. I'm very concerned that your own faith in time of crisis will be very weak and cause great stumbling in your life and in the lives of others because you have not been strengthened by the meal from heaven, the very body and blood of Jesus. This is a day to hear this warning as a layman. This warning to the pastors that spills over into your life and to say, I've got to make a change. The priority in my life must be God's word and sacraments and not all of these other things that busy about my day. There are dangers to be had. There is a fierce wolf who wants to devour you. Believe God's word when it says that. Now Paul says, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Indeed, the gospel word is the power of God for your salvation. Take heed. Munch on it. The word made flesh in Jesus. Recognize when you have someone in your midst who wants something other than your own well-being. And send them away. Turn the channel. Throw the book away. Turn off the CD player. And come to the Word. Meditate on the Word. It's what God wants to give you. To feed you. To bless you. To give you life. 
Beware, beware of these false teachers. Beware of the false doctrine. Beware of the ideologies that lead astray. But don't be consumed with fear. Beware, but be a people of joy. For it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Have no fear, little flock. It is his good pleasure. And he spends his all. He gives his son to shed his blood to purchase you. Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus laid down his life for you that you would have life in his name. Covet him. Covet his word. Covet his sacrament. Be united with him and you will never die. Not the second death. Dear friends in Christ, today is the day for change. If you have not been abiding in the word of Jesus, make this be the day that you turn. Your sins are forgiven you in Jesus. Today is a new day. Start afresh. Know the Lord through his word and be blessed that you might be a blessing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. We hope you enjoyed and were edified by today's Preaching Christ. If you're interested in having your church's sermons aired on Preaching Christ, feel free to email Pastor Craig D'Onofrio at craig at piratechristianradio.com. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in his grace.